0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. He's a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Are you ready to travel with restrictions and procedures changing back and forth? You might need a little assistance. Need help selecting and booking a vacation? Would you like to experience a city like a local? We'll learn about different travel professionals with our guest, Jane Halbert Jones, from More Than a Tourist and writers on Hand answer your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. Our address is money at mpbonline.org. I do have a guest for the show this hour. It's Jane Halbert Jones, director of More Than a Tourist. We'll be talking about how travel professionals can enhance your next trip, Uh, but let's uh, talk about some past trips. Jane, help us uh, to get to know you. Where have you traveled and how you think uh, travel can enrich our lives?
0: Um, Okay, goodness. Uh, Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Um, I've done... Quite a lot of traveling in my life. I got the travel bug early when I was about 18. I had the opportunity to go to Scotland, and I think um, it just went from there. Um, in my 20s, I either lived in Mississippi or I lived in France. I lived in Paris for three years, Normandy for a year. Um, so that was very exciting. And, again, that kind of gave me that you know drive to want to travel more and it was actually when I moved back to Mississippi um, from Paris that um, it was kind of during the recession, hard to find a job. So um, I did have an office job, not not really uh, for me. But people started asking me um, to help them travel to France uh, since I, I knew that. And I was good at it. And I really, really enjoyed it. And so that's kind of how I got into the, um, the travel world. But uh, I do go back to France often. I have a French Riviera trip um, over Labor Day, small group that I'm promoting. So anybody can have an opportunity to get on that. Um, I do go, go to Europe often, but I've had the chance to go to um, Southeast Asia. Um, I have the chance to go to Africa next month um, on a mission trip I'm really excited about. I've been to Mexico a few times. I spent about two weeks in this past February. Um, so, yeah, lots of, lots of different uh, travels. And I think it enriches our lives in a lot of ways. Um, I think we can see how different we are from people, but yet... You know the the same as well, and so I'm. I, I love when I see young people. I saw a lot of young people going on. You know, overseas for spring break. Um, I had some friends with their kids going um, overseas, and that just and that just makes me happy. They're learning early, <laughs> um, can kind of open our minds, teach us a lot of lessons, um, patience as well. <laughs> um, I think there are a lot of benefits uh, to traveling, whether that be um, overseas or you know within our country of you know the United States. We have so many things. So many things I have not, you know, discovered yet or or been to, so
1: yeah we were chatting a little bit before uh, we came on the air and I mentioned that, that I'd visited some friends in um, in uh, Palm Springs california last year and actually i'm going back out to visit them again this year but uh, I had never been to the southwest and so uh, as you mentioned it, it was it was exciting for me to just you know uh, that the the landscape and that sort of thing so it was um, it, it was very interesting and like i said I'm looking forward to uh, to going back there again uh, the other thing was my father was in the air Force and so in the mid 70s when I was in Middle school, we uh, were stationed in Germany for three years. Oh wow! And so I was really fortunate because you know I was old enough to sort of appreciate uh, where we went. But we took trips to uh, to Ireland, to uh, Switzerland. In fact, this school I was in had this thing they called ski school. So the uh, the school took a bunch of uh, I guess it was seventh, eighth, and maybe ninth graders to Austria for a week of skiing in the Austrian Alps. Uh, there was also supposedly a little school thrown in there, but there wasn't much. So that was exciting. Um, got to kiss the Blarney Stone. That was a, that was good. And it was interesting to me, in Europe, you know, you could hop on a train and go somewhere, and in a couple hours you could be in a completely different country. So that was really uh, an exciting Absolutely. time.
0: Absolutely. And I, and I do have a lot of clients that do that when they go to Europe. You know, it's either doing, you know, two to three different countries because it's very easy to do. And, yeah, you mentioned the ski school, and I just think that's – I love it. They also have, like, a sailing school, especially my friends in, in France, uh, seeing their kids like, yes, we're, we're – you know, it's a school break, but we're going skiing or we're learning how to sail. <laughs> um, I think that's awesome.
1: I do remember, though, that um, <clears throat> uh, the uh, Paris was considered too adult of a city for me to go to. <laughs> so my older siblings got to go, but I, I didn't. But <laughs> but, you know, can't complain because we did have a lot of other uh, great trips. I think actually, I think it was an American Express. Not sure if it's the same company that does the the credit card, but they uh, they sponsored a lot of the of the trips, and they were always well done. And like I said, the the, the Irish trip we took, we pretty much took a bus trip across the country uh, from one end to the other, and that was really exciting. Got to march in the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade in Dublin as well. So a lot of a lot of great memories. And I think that's another thing about travel is you have these lifelong memories. No, I mean abs- absolutely. I still
0: remember things that I did wrong or or correctly from from traveling, uh l- language learning. Um I d- I do speak French. It's not as good as it used to be, but making many mistakes, you know, in in a different language um is and and that's how you learn. Um so uh definitely I I mean, I still remember my first time, you know, when the plane hit, and I was in Scotland for the first time, and that was my first time um, abroad. Um, I did two semesters abroad at school at Mississippi College, a semester in France and a semester in England. And, you know, don't forget those, at, you know, either of, of what I learned and all the stuff we got to do, because, of course, there was a lot of um, activities and getting to see other places, you know, in that. I think everybody did get a little tired of seeing, um, we're like, man, another cathedral. And that's <laughs> when you know you've tra- you've been traveling a lot. (laughs)
1: Uh, Actually, we uh, went to Berlin. My dad almost got got us arrested. um, We were eating, and, you know, in Germany, there's Bockwerf, Bratwurst, you know, all the different types of verse. So we had ordered something, and when it came out, it wasn't what we thought that we ordered. And so my dad was talking to the man that owned the restaurant, and, you know, he didn't speak German. My dad uh, dad didn't speak German. The guy didn't speak much English. So there was a communication of snafu until my dad said, well, I'm not going to pay. And the guy's like, what do you mean you're not going to pay? Hey, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> so fortunately, it didn't come to that. But uh, that was another interesting uh, uh, memory of, uh, of uh, trips with our family there in Europe. And again, I, I, I consider myself to be really blessed that I was able to, you know, to do Absolutely. all that. Absolutely. That's awesome opportunity. So I think Ryder's with us now. Ryder, what sort of travel stories, uh, maybe a quick one could you share with us?
2: Good morning, y'all. I love hearing y'all's stories about all of the kind of different experiences where you learn from, and I think that's a really big part of travel. As you see other cultures, you see people doing things differently. Even if it's just going to a different city that's significantly different from yours, you learn from that. But one of the things I love the most is when you see how similar people are all around the world. And I have I could I could tell a million stories here, but I'll try to keep it down to just one or two, I was flying. I had effectively a very long layover in Singapore once and I got out and I went to this kind of marketplace uh, to get some food and I just kind of pointed at a few things in this, on this menu and and then I sat down and I looked at my food and I realized I had on my plate, I had a fried pork chop. I had something like collard greens. It wasn't collards. It was something like collard greens. And a glass of not iced tea, but like lukewarm tea. And I was like, oh, my gosh. This is, this is what I eat all the time at home. It just – pork chop and collard greens man <laughs> like wherever you go you can't escape it yeah you know, everyone's <laughs> doing the same thing and then another one i was in a hostel somewhere i believe in kosovo and I, it was very it's very nice quiet hostel and they had in the in the entryway it was a very nice living room setup but it was it was like the living room the the more I kind of passed through that living room, the more I realized this was this was the living room in your grandmother's house which you weren't really allowed to sit on the furniture. This was the (laughs) nice one. They had some nice plate commemorative plates on the wall and, and it was just pristine. And I was just like, you know Wherever you go, you always have that one grandmother who just keeps that perfect little living room that you're not allowed to sit on the furniture. (laughs) And so the the way people are weirdly similar always strikes me when I travel.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. if you have a question for our experts send an email to money at mpbonline.org we're talking about using travel professionals to enhance your next vacation with our guest jane halbert jones director of more than a tourist do you have to wear a mask on an airplane we'll tell you the latest rule next and we've got a call on the line richard we'll get to your call after this break as well you're listening to money talks on mpb think radio
2: When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB, the number four, car. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together.
1: You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB public media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And maybe you made a contribution to MPB on the app last week. Because we are grateful to the listeners who did contribute to Drive Time last week. Our sustaining contributors and donors are the reason that we can broadcast Money Talks, so we say thank you very much. According to the TSA, at the CDC's recommendation, TSA will extend the security directive for mask use on public transportation and transportation hubs through April 18th. During that time, CDC will work with government agencies to help inform a revised policy framework for when and under what circumstances masks should be required in the public transportation corridor. We'll communicate with updates publicly if or when they change. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, and we're here with our guest today, Jane Halbert-Jones, director of More Than a Tourist, to discuss travel professionals. But first, I promised Richard that we would get to his call, and so he's called in from Biloxi this morning. Thanks for calling, Richard. Go ahead with your question. Thank you. Uh, I have a question for uh, your financial advisor want to know what you know about I bonds Uh, I've recently been looking into those interest rates seem phenomenal I know the the amount you can put into those I bonds is limited per year and there is a penalty for early withdrawal but tell me about those I bonds
2: Absolutely. That's a great question and one we've been getting a lot over the past several months ever since the inflation numbers have been fairly high. The INI bond stands for inflation, of course. These are issued directly by the federal government through the Treasury. You can buy them strictly through TreasuryDirect.gov, you can set up an account there. Individuals can purchase up to $10,000 a piece. So, in a couple, you know, each of you could buy that $10,000 worth. So, it is fairly limited. Uh, and the interest rate, you get two things in the interest rate. You get both a fixed rate of interest, which I don't have it pulled up right now, but th- that was 0% last I checked. And then you get an inflation-adjusted uh, interest rate, which is essentially you you get the CPI number. And they pay that semi-annually. So currently, yes, it's 365 per six months so it's seven point whatever um, for the full year so that's why the interest rate looks so phenomenal now bear in mind if inflation goes back down and it's not all that impressive in a year from now then you've got ten thousand dollars that has a zero percent fixed rate and a very small floating rate and it's locked up for five years so These are really useful if you are just looking for a place for some a little extra cash, a little longer term cash that you would like to just be inflation linked instead of just this is maybe a little bit better than just going around all the time and trying to find the the best high yield savings all the time. You know, you're getting an adjustment with inflation. You know, it's backed by the U.S. Treasury. Uh, It is a limited amount. There is the kind of lock up on five years without without sacrificing any of that uh, high, high interest that you've earned. Uh, that's kind of the, the structure of them. We also did an episode on that. I, I'm not sure the episode off the top of my head, but perhaps uh, Kevin or Liz could chime in with that. We, we we talked a little more in depth about them previously.
1: Yes, Ryder, we did talk about I-Bonds. It was on the August 17th show of 2021. So if someone wants more information about I-Bonds, they can check out our archive for that August 17th of 2021 show. So, Jane, uh, your website mentions that you're a travel concierge. If you would, tell us how that differs from a travel agent. Um, it really doesn't
0: differ that much. I think um, the word agent um, is a bit older. I think a lot of travel agents, you know, um, are, are still using that, but using more, you know, updated language. Like, like with anything, um, you know, it's not a stewardess; it's a, you know, flight attendant. You know, we're just kind of upgrading the word. So um, people call themselves travel planners, travel designers, travel advisors, travel concierge. Um, so it really is just kind of um, a different a different word for it. I think it encompasses a bit more of what we do. Um, I think travel agent people have, you know, in their head, okay, somebody booked a flight or you know a hotel for us, um, but it's much more than that. Um, I'm booking trains cars making restaurant you know reservations or recommendations um, small group tours or private tours or transfers from the airport to your hotel I mean so um, when you're when you're getting into all that and booking you know a lot smaller components for people um, I think that you know you are more of a, a planner or a designer or a concierge so
1: I, th- I think a lot of us know the word concierge from from a hotel and, and it yeah. sounds like th- what you do for people who are traveling is very similar you're a resource for a number of different things that they might need while they're while they're on vacation or while they're traveling.
0: Absolutely. Um, Yes. And sometimes I get, you know, questions while they're on, you know, their trip. And that's just another thing about, you know, using a travel advisor. It's not again, okay, I've booked this. Y'all have fun. Goodbye. (laughs) It's uh, going over every detail before you go, making sure you have everything, um, being that resource while you are away. Um, You know, clients can contact me if if something has, you know, gone wrong or something changed or um, if they, you know, need any assistance. So yeah, we're, we're, were there for the whole time.
1: Uh, what are the different fee structures that someone might run into among travel professionals?
0: That is a good question. That's something that has changed the past couple years of uh, the fee structure. Um, a lot of agents now charge a, you know, a planning or I call mine a, a research and planning fee. A lot goes into making a big trip. Um, so, you know, working on something for Europe is going to be different than um, booking and all-inclusive for some people in Mexico, for example. Um, but a lot of agents not used to not really do the um, the fee or the planning cost. But, we, you know, we do work on commissions, but you never know what that commission, I mean, might be or what the client's going to want. You know, we can't go in and say, okay, they're going to book, you know, X, Y, and Z, so this is um, what we're going to make. Um, but commission structures different with your host agency. So a lot of agents are independent contractors and they have a host agency. Uh, mine is Magnolia Travel Group uh, based out of Madison. Wonderful, wonderful group. Um, just want to say a shout out to them and anybody can contact us at uh, Magnolia Travel Group. We have a lot of great agents, but um, you know, there's a, a commission split. Obviously, they um, most of all, most of it goes to the agent, but there's a lot of time planning this, and so that is why you know agents charge that that extra fee, and it's worth it. Our time is is you know is is valuable. It's a, I mean, a lot of, yeah, a lot of research and people could be like, well, I, I want another quote or we want more. So you could spend hours before anything is, you know, actually booked. Um, and so that's what I want people to know is that there, there's a lot of time um, and, and effort put in and phone calls. I'll be, I'll maybe talk to a client for almost two hours over a period of a week or two um, getting this itinerary together again with nothing booked. So there is a lot of, um, of time that goes into that.
1: So you mentioned the Magnolia Travel Group. Tell us how how you interact with with them.
0: Um, so as a independent uh, affiliate or, or contractor, so. Um yeah a lot of agents just uh sorry have <laughs> um a lot of agents are independent contractors with with a host agency, so the host agency um does provide you know a lot a lot of training and what's called a, either like a CLIA number or iota number you don't have to know that um but that is what we use to work with big vendors and and suppliers um along with that and so if you are, if you're not part of a host agency then you probably have that number you know independently and you work independently but a lot of us um, are part of a host agency which I love um, because we do we we do work as a team um, if there's you know questions somebody has you know works on more of Europe than Mexico you can you know talk to somebody so it's a it's a it's a wealth of, of, of knowledge that that we get there and Magnolia travel group in particular um, I did get this yesterday. So it depends on, you know, what travel agency, you know, are you going to work with? You know, you need to look at that, too. And so, for example, Magnolia, we're um, we're sandals preferred. We're Disney earmarked. They do a lot of Disney. I, it's the only thing I don't book because we have professional people there that, that specifically do Disney. Um, with Delta Vacations, we're Diamond Elite. Um, we're Emer- Emerald Elite, we, you know, with other um, suppliers. So that just means that we're kind of ranked a little bit higher and we can do, you know, more for our clients, you know, being a part of that. So so a very good group of people uh,
1: to work with. Uh, Ryder, you had a comment.
2: Yeah. So Jane, you mentioned commission versus taking a fee, which is so interesting because that's a conversation that we have had on this show many times uh, in the financial planning world in the finance world, personal finance world. If someone is taking a commission versus a fee, how do they treat the client different? What sort of things are they going to do for the client? So I'm really curious to see how does that affect A trip you're planning for someone. If you're being paid a commission, presumably you're going to steer them towards uh, hotels and resorts and things that will pay you that commission. But if you're taking a fee uh, and, and the client is the one paying you that fee, how does that change the sort of trip you're planning, the sort of travel experience they have, what are they getting when they are actually paying you a fee? How is that different or better for them?
0: Well, it's not either or, Ryder. It's both. And that may sound like a a double dip, but it's really not. As some some places, maybe it's an 8% commission. Maybe it's a 10. Maybe it's 12. But maybe, you know, you might book a hotel and only get $20 from it. So trying to do a hotel That only has commission isn't necessarily, you know, ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Put them over here because I can make $25 no <laughs> um, right. so so that's I mean so that's not it that's just a small part of it the the fee uh, or, and I don't really like to call it a fee so much as sort of like a, a planning cost um, that's that's what it is right yeah. um, and that that is covering just all the hours put in you know researching um, where to stay where to go I have a detailed itinerary for my clients um, you know from that with that fee but also yeah but you're right on that point I'm not always looking at, okay, where can where am I going just for commission that's not what I look at you know for my clients there are for example there is a food tour in Paris that for seven years I've booked my clients on that's not that's not commissionable um, I've got you know a personal guide in in Rome that I use that I've used for the past seven years and they just pay her you know on on the spot there um, and so you're you know you're getting access to our networks and like our knowledge um, and again that's the, the time you know put in just you know researching right. and doing these so so that's where the plan- Planning cost comes in, but yeah, um, that's that's great when we when we um, work with things that give us commission. But it may not necessarily be the case. There could be something where the client spends three thousand dollars and that commission is forty dollars. I mean, so it's <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, we're not we're not you know just like. Ooh, you know, the money. You're not in it for the yeah, commission. You know, But it's, um, it sounds
2: like they get a lot of value from you for that fee, like you said, the networks, your experience, all of those non-commissionable things, which somebody else, if somebody is only taking a—, a or is primarily looking for commission things might not say, oh, here's the best travel guide. Uh, They might overlook them because that's not a commission
0: thing. Um, Right. And then, um, I mean, the other part of that is, and again, more agents have started charging the fee. That was something we saw more of in COVID um, because so many people were canceling. And so all these agents that probably had, I mean I'm just ballparking, you know, 20 trips, you know, that got canceled, they made zero because those people did not go on that trip and they lost all their commission and they had put so much work and time in. So that is um that's a trend that we've seen um kind of coming, you know, from COVID. I always did charge fees because I started planning people's trip to to France before I was even part of an agency and so there was no commission anywhere so I had already, I had always kind of, you know, charged a fee anyway um, with that and again, again, I think our, you know, time is valuable when people say can you recommend some good restaurants in Rome? Well, that's my time and my expertise and my good friends who actually live there that give me those recommendations so yeah, that should cost something that's not, you know, that's just, that's, you know, not free.
2: (laughs) Um, Absolutely,
1: yeah. We're talking about using a travel professional for your next trip with our guest, Jane Halbert-Jones, director of More Than a Tourist. What countries do the CDC suggest you avoid right now? We'll have that for you next. And we've got a caller on the line as well, I believe. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. He's a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. The CDC has a page for travel notices. They recommend that travelers avoid all non-essential travel to Venezuela, and everyone should be fully vaccinated against polio before visiting a long list of countries in Africa, Eastern Europe, and Asia. Our guest on Monday Talks this morning is Jane Halbert-Jones, director of More Than a Tourist. Uh, We do have a caller on the line, so let's say good morning to Margot, who's called in from Shibuta. Good morning, Margot. You're on the air with us.
2: Yes, sir. Good morning. Great programs. I love all of NPR programs. Um, Literally, I'm talking about money talks and the power of one's uh, spending dollars and thinking of uh, what you've been talking about, traveling and I love to travel too. My mother was actually from Germany originally, and so I've been there many times in the past. She's now passed, but um, but currently, with our global warming, I just think if more people would in, in, insist on green travel, the, the travel agencies and industries and airplanes would take note.
1: All right. Uh, thanks for the call this morning, uh, Jane. Is, is green travel something that that's gaining popularity? It is actually, or sustainable travel. Um, there are um,
0: more more cruise ships, for example, that are trying to go, um, you know, single plastic use, uh, you know, free. Um, there are. Um, there's a good. Uh, Sorry. A good company, for example, like G Adventures, um, they do small group travel as well um, that's, you know, focused on sustainable travel. There are... um kind of more and more all inclusive resorts that are doing things of you know eliminating the the straws or the single plastic or not uh you know washing your towels maybe every single day that you're not you know getting that so we we are seeing uh little by little that people are kind of trying to go to a sustainable model and and and, and just about any time i'm reading something new kind of in within the travel industry there's another um hotels resort or um, you know that are that are going that direction for sure all right,
1: Marco, thanks. One go, oh, I- go ahead. Sorry, go ahead.
2: One thing that I've noticed is sometimes when you book a flight, you have an offer to have a carbon offset with that flight. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of wondering, do people do that? And then another thing that I remember, I don't know if this is still a thing or a trend, is ecotourism and agritourism, where people are, it's not necessarily that that the trip itself is more environmentally friendly, but people are going, traveling places specifically to, to learn, to see different ecosystems and see how they're impacted by. Humans in the world thinking of you know trips into rainforests to see what that's like, or or agritourism where people are looking at the impact of agriculture on the world. And are, are those things that you see a lot? Is that still a kind of a niche travel? What, what do people think that is, about those? I,
0: I think that's still more of, of a niche travel, but I, I do see it. Um, like I said, there are some. G- National Geographic, you know, has tours that are kind of, you know, geared toward that way as well. And, um, and other companies that can offer either um, independent travel with that, that, you know, things are already set up, or small group travel. Um, I really like small group travel. Um, that's what I did when I went to Vietnam a few years ago. I was by myself, but I was in a group of 14 people. You had a dedicated guide. Um, we actually, you know, went out to— um, different villages and people's homes, and, um, and you know, that kind of was a more sustainable model, you know, as well when we did that. So, um, again, definitely see it, uh, and I'd see it more and more, but um, I still think it's probably a bit more of, of a niche market now, trying to get um, into a, a bigger market. I think it's a, a great idea and an awesome way to learn about um, the culture and country of other places.
1: So if uh, a traveler is looking for uh, to select a travel concierge uh, what are the types of things that uh, they need to keep in mind maybe you know where they're going that sort of thing what are some things they should have in their mind so they can find the right match absolutely because I do uh, we do qualify
0: you know people for sure um, sometimes people they have you need to be a bit more specific, I, and I say that because I will get calls or, or people that contact me, and they're like, can we just – can you just give me, like, a couple places that are warm for, like, a five-day period? You know? <laughs> like, well, we need to talk a little bit more then because um, that's a lot of <laughs> – that's a lot of time and research. Um, But, yeah, we do talk about, you know, to to qualify. So, you know, where do you want to go? How long do you want to stay? Do you have an overall budget? Are you going, you know, by yourself? What kind of accommodations do you want to stay in? Um, I don't book Airbnbs because they they don't work with agents, and I'm not going to book something that necessarily doesn't do that um, because if something goes wrong, I don't want that, you know, obviously to fall on me of, like, you know, hey, our Airbnb host, you know, canceled the reservation. I'm like, ah, there's nothing I can do about that. Um, However, I help people, you know, locate good airbnbs they'll send me hey is this a good area you know and I'll, I'll do that so um but anyway so you know what kind of place do you do you want to stay in how long do you want to stay where you know is are you going to just one place and staying for a long time or are you want to move around um, because those costs are going to be different for that but obviously, the more information
1: that someone has in mind before they come to you, the better service you'll be able to give them.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes we can really hone in and say, you know, I think these one of these three choices, you know, would be really great for what you're talking about now. Um, in fact, I'm starting to work on a, a trip for a client that basically said, you know, we've been going, I got this twice, actually, they said, you know, we've been going down to 30A, you know, in that area for a long time. And it has just gotten so expensive that it's like, we might as well go to Mexico for, you know, you know, for this. And so I know what they want. I know that they just kind of want to, you know, chill, you know, by the beach or have a pool, not wanting to have to, you know, cook and do all that kind of stuff. So, you know, for that, I'm like, well, maybe an all-inclusive would be, would be great for, you know, for this first time for you to do you know, something different. Um, You know, that's not a client that'd be like, okay, well, let's go internationally and you're going to the Mediterranean, you know, (laughs) Um, that's not what, what, what they're wanting to do with, with that time um, there. So, yes, so definitely.
1: Um, figuring out we, what they want <laughs> we've talked about a couple of things that the the travel agent the travel concierge can bring to vacation planning you mentioned sort of taking the stress out of planning by uh, doing some research in advance of uh, recommendations but also I guess uh, if if there's unexpected things that come up or maybe changes in, in in travel conditions those sorts of things can you offer some assistance during the trip it's not all just prior to I guess
0: right no um, and and we can so um, a lot of t- a lot of times that will happen with, with flights and especially these last two years with just covid um, you know kind of dictating flights and flight patterns and cancellations and and uh, flight changes and all that kind of stuff so we will say that's probably been one of the one of the bigger things that agents um, are you know almost if you have a, somebody on a trip that you're almost on call for if that if that should happen but um, for example I had some clients going on a three-week honeymoon to Europe in December. And uh, the last place—thank goodness it was the last place they were going to go—was Amsterdam for the last three days and then fly home from there. As they were boarding their plane um, to go to Germany, he texted and said, okay, um, the Netherlands just went into a quarantine lockdown. And so— 24 hours later, almost, you know, a little bit by the time that they, you know, got on the ground to their first place in Germany, um, instead of Amsterdam, I had, um, their flights coming back from Barcelona. I had a, I had a hotel room booked in Barcelona and we were already talking about the different tours they wanted to do in Barcelona. So, um, so that was, you know, really done on, a, you know, a quick turn. And, you know, they, they told me and I was very grateful for that, that, you know, that they were like, that would have ruined our honeymoon if we had to deal with all those changes and all those cancellations. <laughs> but we could just call you, get on a flight, and know that that was taken care of.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, travel can be stressful enough, uh, you know, without last-minute changes and that sort of thing. So I imagine it is it is reassuring to know that you've got someone on your team that's ready to step in and, and help solve issues.
0: Ab- absolutely. Um, and the, and that's what, you know, I tell people. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm here with you. Um, people can, you know, especially when a big trip is coming up and, and you're spending a lot of money on it, you know, I, I want to protect your investment Um as well so there there is a value to having somebody on on your team and it's really not anymore in fact if if i didn't probably charge that planning cost you know your trip would be the same you know be the same unless you just went to you know a budget site every you know every single time um so yeah there is you know a value to that and us helping you and being with you through the whole time and holding your hand walking you through processes some people get a little you know they get kind of anxiety before this trip i've you know, help calm people down. We got this. You don't have to worry about it. You know.
1: <laughs> so, are, are there different levels, levels of service that you offer? For instance, if someone has booked a trip somewhere uh, but wants suggestions on maybe things to do while they're there, places to eat, that sort of thing, g- can you can you give them some service when yes. they've done the travel planning? Uh, yes,
0: and a lot of times, and and I and I, I do like doing that because then the next time they realize that I can do the whole thing, and so they just come to me to take care of that. But a lot of times people are um, getting that flight and getting like a hotel in one spot and then they are just so overwhelmed. They're like, I don't I don't know what to do. And in fact, I'm going to a friend's house tonight that they're kind of in in that, you know, a little bit in that situation. Um, And I have some people going to Europe that I've got their flight and two hotels where they're going to stay, one in London and one in Scotland. And then they're like, I don't. I mean, who do I use for tours? How Where's, you know, my transportation going to be? Can you, you know, give me, yeah, good, good restaurant recommendations? Um, so I can do that, too. And so I just, you know, my fee is based, you know, on that. So obviously it, I would not charge you as much as if I was doing, you know, the whole trip. But, yeah, you're still, you know, asking me to come in as your closer, in a sense. Um, and you're asking for my advice and my expertise that, you know, that has taken a long time to to curate and and have. So, I, d- I definitely can help uh, with that. Sometimes it's just a couple small things, um, and and that's okay too. Because, like I said, then the next time it's usually you know more. So, can
1: you share with us your next travel destination?
0: My next travel destination, actually. Um, is on a mission trip. I'm going to Madagascar next month. Um, Never been there. Super excited. Um, Then in June, I've actually never been to Vegas or the Scottsdale area. I've sent a lot of clients to that area, especially, again, during COVID. So I'm doing a travel agent forum um, in Vegas and then going to um, to Scottsdale, and Grand Canyon area. And um, I'll be doing my month in uh, France and Europe in September. Um, So. Yes, some good, some good travels
1: coming up. <laughs> uh, Ryder, what about you? Any trips planned in the near future?
2: Uh, the only thing I have planned is going to a friend's wedding. So it's just going to be a weekend trip in uh, just outside of D.C. So, so I might catch uh, a museum on the, on the way through D.C. and uh, just there for a wedding.
1: And uh, I might have mentioned, but I'm visiting my friends in Palm Springs again this uh, summer, actually in the end of May. Looking forward to that. A lot of exciting things to do, uh, which includes going to San Diego. I've never been there before. I love zoos, so I'm super stoked because San Diego has probably one of the best zoos probably probably in the world. So uh, really looking forward to that. We're talking about travel with our guest, Jane Halbert-Jones, director of More Than a Tourist. Uh, Have you been on any Mississippi's non-hiking trails? We'll tell you about those next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
0: A vehicle, then you'll find autocorrect helpful,
1: especially on Coach Charlie's tip of the week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. We're pleased you found our show Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder taff Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Here's a reminder every Tuesday at 10. You can listen live to in legal terms on MPB Think Radio. Our guest for our show today is Jane Halbert-Jones, director of More Than a Tourist mississippimarkers.com is a website that lists some of the marker trails throughout mississippi our state has markers for trails about mississippi history country music riders blues music freedom trail mound trail and the united states civil rights trail so a lot to check out here in mississippi and uh jane talk about that for a little bit Uh, you know the idea of the staycation uh, is certainly something that a lot of people embrace and it's great to travel to other cultures and that sort of thing but sometimes we don't realize what gems might be hidden in our own backyards um Yes, for sure. That's what
0: I just told you on break. I said it's so exciting to go somewhere where you've never been. I don't care if that's just three-hour drive away or um, a little flight. There's, um, I would just always say there's there's adventure in your backyard for sure. And um, I love traveling in 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 Mississippi. In fact, in 2017, I did a two-week Mississippi road trip. I did not leave the state, and I didn't even. Get halfway through because I'll stop being at so many places and stuff. Um, spending the night to Shamingo, you know, State Park. I was in Oxford. I was in Startville. Where else did I go? And anyway, I, I love the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I love going to Bay St. Louis and Ocean Springs. I love little weekends and Natchez. I mean, so <laughs> um, we have just so many wonderful places to go uh, within our state that you can definitely make a, a
1: long weekend or even a week
0: um, um, to, to some really great, really great places.
1: So we mentioned that you're director of more than a tourist. If someone's been listening this morning and, and would like to avail themselves of your services, how would someone get in touch?
0: Um, I do have a website as morethanatourist.net. Um, it's more like just a landing page with some contact information. But I will say, mostly it's um, Instagram, more than a tourist, Facebook, more than a tourist. Um, I do a lot on on social media, and we'll try to have updated articles um, on like the link tree on my you know Instagram. Instagram page um, I do a lot of you know stories and talk about travel um, so so yeah I would I would definitely say you know follow um, the Instagram or, or, or Facebook and then you can also uh, message me and get in touch with me there um, as well because I you know I, I do check that a lot because that's where I'm Promoting and and marketing and and letting you know what's out there um, and in travel or um, you know especially during COVID it was just you know talking a lot of different restrictions and where can you go and what should you do and all that kind of stuff. Luckily that is dissipating a little bit and making life a, a bit easier for travel and and us travel advisors as well.
1: So have you seen an uptick as as, as we are kind of getting a little bit back to where things used to be? Restrictions being eased just a little bit. Are people excited to get out and again? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh!
0: Yes. And one thing that I've seen, and it's given me a little, every so often, I'm like, okay, I'm a little overwhelmed, but then I, you know, breathe, I, get, I got this, because it just came back, you know, with with a vengeance, you, we kind of went from zero to 150, and trips that people are usually planning maybe for like eight or nine months are planning in four. I've had three. Three European trips. They all leave next month, and I've got some more. But out of you know, out of those like five, three three of them were like a four four and a half half month planning time because people are like, okay, they they've loosened restrictions. We're gonna go, you know. They're calling me. We want to go to this. We're gonna spend two weeks, and I'm like, when do you want to go? And they're like, May, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're you know definitely getting getting it done and, and doing that, and I'm, I'm I'm very happy that it's back. But that that's a that's a trend as well that people are you know want to go in a smaller. They're, they're not. Some people are, but then a lot of people are like you know we're we can go we're going, so definitely an
1: uptick. Uh, yeah, I keep, I keep referring back to my trip last summer because it, it was really great. But the other thing that it did, so again, I flew out to visit my friends in Palm Springs. We stayed there for about a week or so. And then they are originally from Mississippi, and um, one of my friends needed to come back. So we actually took a cross-country trip, took about four days, and drove from Palm Fine. Springs to Jackson. Yeah, it was great. We had some some things planned along the way. We had done a little bit of research. But also um, national monuments, which are a little bit a step below of the national parks, sometimes as we were driving along, we would come. To something and our our schedule was flexible enough to say hey let's let's stop there so it was really kind of fun to see you know again I it was in parts of the country I had never seen before uh, we we traveled along um, Highway sixty one uh, so uh, that you know that I'm not. Uh, but, um, What's the, uh, not 61, Highway 60, uh, uh, 66, what am I, I'm we're lost 60. here. <laughs> uh, route 66? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was on it for so ding, long, ding, I can't ding, ding. remember. You won about. the prize, <laughs> <drivers. laughs> Highway 61 is right here in Mississippi, which should also be a fun trip, <laughs> I would <laughs> imagine. Thank you, Ryder, for, for saving me on that one, because I was going completely blank.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it sounds like your road trip and uh, Jane's road trip were similar, you just you just got to, you got to. Stop at whatever you wanted, and it was all new places. And, and it took way; you could spend a lot more time doing it. I think that's awesome. Um,
1: so, Ryder, what about uh, staycations? Have you any any kind of gems, uh, maybe in and around Mississippi, that uh, that you're like to travel to?
2: So once I actually did, so there, there's some the, the obvious things like going to the, the beach or something, going to the coast, spending some time there, uh, obviously visiting friends and family around the state. Once I actually did a staycation in Jackson, where I live, uh, I I had won through some charity auction a a night at a hotel downtown, so I stayed downtown and just decided to make it a staycation. Vacation, all within just about a mile or two from my house. I went to a place, uh, went to, you know, checked out a new restaurant, uh, went to the, the the museums had just opened downtown, the new museums had just opened downtown, so I went there, and also went to, you um, do a do a float tank experience kind of like a spa thing not not a massage did you go to jack zen yes i love it i love it so it was i kind of put together a whole staycation weekend i was within sight of my house most of the time (laughs) but i was not at my house and so it it was a whole luxury experience for me that weekend
0: no, that's that's a really fun—it's really fun to do, and I always tell people, um, it, you know, you discover your town that way, and people are like, I didn't know, you know, X, Y, or Z, and I just say that we're always tourists less than the place where we live. Um, I mean, you know, and that's just because yeah. of life and living and, you know, uh, the grind, and so it really is fun to get out in your own city and, and, and have a and have a city staycation.
2: Absolutely. And part of that is just kind of relieving yourself of relieving yourself of your normal obligations. Of course, it was a weekend. So I didn't have to worry about work going into work. And it was just I'm going to act like this is all brand new to me. And I'm going to try something new and be a little more adventurous.
1: All right, that's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Ryder Taff and Jane Halbert-Jones, director of More Than a Tourist, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us Tuesdays at 9 for Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.
0: MPB Think Radio Podcast.